When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey Cobbers, from the land down under. This is the Cricket Badger Big Bash Daily Podcast. Whether you're with the Strikers, the Stars or the Sixers, you might be a renegade, enjoy the heat, love the thunder, like a scorcher or prefer hurricanes. Brought to you in association with bluecrocodile.co.uk. Tie your kangaroo down, put another shrimp on the barbie and enjoy the fun. It's gonna be a ripper. Big Bash 10. Hello everybody, welcome along. It's another edition of the Big Bash Daily. There's no cricket today, so we're going to have a chat about COVID-19. Now it's affected coverage of our cricket that we see on the TVs, radios, etc. I'm joined today by Chris Marshall and Ollie Prendergast, our BBL fan badger. And uh, before we get into talking to those two, thank you very much to bluecrocodile.co.uk for their support of these BBL10 daily podcasts. Snapping up the right mortgages for you. Give them a follow on Twitter at bluecrockmoney. But let's uh, get into the chat today. And Chris, you wrote a piece um, that you uh, shared with me the other day about lockdown three and what COVID has brought to our kind of viewing habits in terms of cricket, etc. Some good, some bad, obviously. I mean, there's not a huge amount of good coming out of COVID-19, to be honest. And will these changing and we're having to adapt to that and TV coverage has done exactly the same. Yeah, it certainly has. I think to put this in context, when lockdown one started, which I think is probably the closest we've been to a, a proper lockdown, there was a lot discussed about the opportunity this could create for what people to term the new normal. And there was lots of stuff about animals being back out in the villages and, and, and cute little pictures of lambs in, in village squares and the traffic was down and the climate was better and there were pictures of being able to see Singapore and Hong Kong through the smog and everything. But being the cynic that I am, I I sort of felt that the reality was probably going to be a little bit different and that that we're creatures of habit and we weren't really going to give up um, a lot of the things that we've become accustomed to and and people weren't necessarily going to encourage us to. But as time went on, um, the media in particular had a lot of content, a lot of airtime to to cover and they started to be creative. And And the early 
attempts were were valid, um, but not necessarily great. I'm thinking about some of the uh, Have I Got News for You, for example, which is a little bit stilted, and and, and it took a while to adjust to not having an audience. The cricket, I thought, you know, set off at a, a cracking pace. I, I think the the things they did with the uh, watch along, you know, the last day at Headingley, the the World Cup final, I think were brilliant. And, and at the time, I, I remember saying that I really hope. That, that they would keep that going at some point, not not every single week, but sharing the experience through the eyes of the people that lived it is something that, that us fans can, can only dream of. Yeah. Uh, and by yeah. day, we used to pay a lot to go to after-dinner speeches and, and meetings to, to hear people, to hear what it was like to do that. And I thought that was brilliant. And so the piece was generated on the back of the Sri Lanka thing, where I thought that the sky coverage, and, and to be fair, the TMS, I thought was was very good. I, and I thought this whole concept of, of being able to cover things with people from home made me realize that things like the verdict and the after shows, I think are better. I think that compared to just seeing two people in the studio with a presenter, which is a, a pretty static vision, to actually be looking at four squares in, on your screen, but they are a bigger spread of, of expertise, generally with somebody from the country that is playing, which isn't always the case. You know, we're covering something in England, I thought was actually an improvement. Uh, and that was my start point, that I, I thought that there were some things that had, had come out of this in terms of the way we were covering and, and seeing the sport that I thought was an improvement. Ollie, as a, as a supporter of cricket, I mean, cricket's had to change and I think cricket's done a fantastic job, well, since March, basically, to try and get cricket A on the pitch and B to allow us to watch it, listen to it and cover it. What, what's your views on what Chris has said? Have you seen any benefits from the kind of having to adapt to COVID? In some ways, in, a, in an odd way, there seems to be more access to the players now because there aren't those distractions and they're around more and they've got their media duties and they seem to be more available and be talking more candidly about their experiences. I've seen this a lot just recently in the bash and, and players seem to be much more open and upfront with their feedback, less so in England because we seem a bit more media trained and a bit more, a little bit more, not a little bit more robotic responses, but it seems a bit more open. And I think players have see, seen more of them from the vulnerable side. One of the things with that is that you know, certainly with England overseas in Sri Lanka, there was a, one host broadcaster and then there was Danny Rubin from England's media side of things. So the players ultimately were, were probably talking to less people. And I've seen a lot of press conferences and, and people talking to players. It's all done over Zoom these days. The, the, you know, Jimmy Anderson sits down, eight faces from national newspapers appear on the screen and he, he gives one interview and he gives it to everybody at the same time rather than having to do it individually. And I guess that's probably easier for players, Ollie. Yes, I think so. I think they don't feel in the situation where it's so much of a, a viper's nest and someone waiting for you to slip up now. I, th- I think there seems to be, we're in this, we, we need each other in the situation and it needs to, to create a story and there needs to be a lot more trust and that seems to be a little a little bit better. And I, I, think it, I think it's really good. And I think Sky's coverage, to totally agree with the previous point, it has been really good. They've, made, they've managed to make it watchable without crowds, which I thought would be a struggle. I think cricket has made a more, of a, more of a success out of it than football and it's been more innovative. I, I do quite a lot of commentary off tube Chris, there are massive drawbacks to that. I mean, Jonathan Agnew got caught out a little bit on on the TMS coverage when he reported a delivery as being live when it was the replay of the wicket that had just fallen, and he was astonished that it was almost the same carbon copy dismissal. Surprised that because it was a replay. We we get caught out off tube all the time. You can't see the entire pitch, so you don't know if a shot goes down to long off, if there's a fielder going to emerge from the bottom of your screen, and various things like that. So there are drawbacks to covering games live. 
exactly. And I, I, I picked up that point in the article I wrote. Um, and to pick up all these points, yeah, I think there is a, um, well, points, uh, there is a significant difference between uh, covering football on the TV and, and cricket. And as a rule, cricket is superb on the TV because they can get in close. And, and as we know, cricket is very much about the, the technique. You can't beat a live game. Don't get me wrong. You can't beat yeah, being at a cricket ground, you know, whether that's a slightly chilly April and you're watching your, your county game or if you happen to be in you know, the popular stand at, at Edgbaston or you know, the beer stand at, at Headingley. They are superb. But what makes those superb is the atmosphere. Yeah, you don't really see huge amounts of the cricket, as, as is evidenced by the fact that everybody turns to, to look at the screens for the DRS. You can't get that close. So I think there's a, a, an advantage that cricket has in terms of the TV coverage. But you're right, you know, because obviously when a ball's hit in the air and the commentator, whether it's Nasser or, or Atherton or, or Bumble, are waiting for the camera to pan round to show them whether there's a fielder there because they don't know, it loses something. But if you think about it, that's actually technically one of the least problematic things to resolve because there could be some kind of technology used to actually just present these guys with field placings. It doesn't even have to say who it is. I mean, we would accept them saying there's a fielder in that area, you know, there's, you know, there's, a, there's a man positioned on the boundary because uh, they don't always know uh, who, who's there even when they're watching it live. So I think there are ways of overcoming some of those shortcomings. I and mean, in terms of football, I think football on TV is pretty dire anyway because what you want there is to be back in the stand seeing the space seeing the pass before it's made, seeing the run off the ball. So um, I don't think football could ever compete to the level that cricket has, but I think cricket is probably at about 8 out of 10. And I would like to see them with the live coverage of the games and with the after sports stuff. I think that there's a way of bringing more, which brings back my original point of there is an opportunity to sort of create a bit of a new normal here. And I think cricket has, has got a strong advantage and a strong lead in doing that. In changing times like these, make a change yourself. Buy your own home. Still living with parents or renting? Why not buy your first property? Mortgage rates are lower than ever. Speak to Blue Crocodile. Blue Crocodile? Yeah, Blue Crocodile. They'll get you the right first-time buyer deal by searching the market for the most competitive option for you. They don't bite. They're just straight-talking people like me. Give them a bell or go online. Blue Crocodile. I've commented games as well, live, and depending on the, the press box and, and your vantage point, you can't always see the entire pitch when you're actually at the ground. So, yeah, there are disadvantages as well with uh, commentating live. But w- one of the things that I that struck me when I sat down and thought about this, Chris, was the advances in technology that we've had probably since the mid-noughties. Yeah, the internet came in, we've had you know, growth in technology and cameras, et cetera, et cetera. The ability, like we are now, to Zoom each other and, and do a, a podcast without actually sitting face to face and can you imagine what would have happened if covid had come prior to that period where none of that existed we would have been in a completely different world wouldn't we so we, we have benefited massively from the technological advancements over the last 20 years or so and, and technology is kind of my background but but i suppose some would argue that in a way we, we started off like that didn't we huddled around the way at radio little bulletins coming from a, a distant land um ticker tape coming in the the reporters not in the same country you know just waiting for the news feed to come back people picking up the paper in the morning or in the evening to read the scores and the results. So, you know, we've lived through that kind of environment. That's where we started from. But the the real thing with technology is to actually try and resist technology for technology's sake. 
And despite the fact that the internet has been around for so long, it is still a very fledging technology and people are still being creative and trying to find ways to use it more productively. And, you know, again, I think that Sky have done that. I, yeah, I mean, I, Bumble put out quite a nice little sort of spread of him in his, you know, in his bedroom next to his router with a, three screens, one of which was a tablet that was FaceTiming, uh, you know, or the equivalent to uh, his, his co-commentators. And as I said, another screen there that just had a document, really, that, that was somebody in, in the ground was just uploading on a radio per over basis to show where the field placings were, you know, or a, a, a little whiteboard thing that, that, that moved around. Would just go that little bit further. And if we can see more cricket, because, you know, I was, if I'd have had time, I'd have come on to this, that maybe this is a way for counties to start to, and I know counties have done quite a lot you know, through the, the Bob Willis Trophy last year to try and bring pictures to us, but it was quite a static single angle camera, camera angle the majority of the time. But if counties use this technology and YouTube channels and the Zooms and everything else, they could probably engage a little bit more creatively with their, their customer base. And as you and I know, I, I'm going to assume Ollie has a similar viewpoint, the counties do need a bit of help in this. Yeah, and it's financial as well, isn't it? Because technology does cost money as well as being a massive advantage. Ollie, I mean, I, I, we've talked a lot on the Big Bash dailies. I've got no idea how old you are. I anticipate that you're quite significantly younger to me. So when I say that from the mid-noughties, you know, technology and the internet came in and things changed and suddenly phones stopped turning from being bricks into being smaller, things you can fit in your pocket, etc. Uh, there's, a, there's a whole generation of youngsters that are watching cricket these days that we've got no idea what I mean by that. Three channels on the television, etc., etc. The, the modern world we live in does give us these advantages, doesn't it? To be able to actually maybe adapt to COVID when we wouldn't have done before. Oh, totally. I mean, for my age group, I grew up watching basically cricket on, C- on CFAX. So yeah. going home from school, pressing 3401 to check the county scores. And that's the only way you could get it. And refreshing unless... 341 to see what the squad would be for the tour. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and push it and, and see what was the um, see what the scores were. And I remember we used to go to football with my dad to go and watch Oldham and Man United. And we used to pick up the uh, the Saturday Pink on the way after the game because you didn't know the final scores until you listened to sports report and things like that. So I'm old enough to, to talk through those in details. But it has dramatically changed. For me, it, it, it's twofold for cricket. And I think Chris made a really good point. Counties need to invest and look at innovative ways and solutions that they can make viewing better without expending too much money. Because as we've talked about before, it's very expensive to, to do um, really good coverage of county games. Uh, and we've got a chicken and egg situation. So I think they'll have to incrementally improve the way they stream and show live games. I mean, I certainly would be interested. And some counties are better than others at the moment. And I think they're the ones that are looking to move forward. But the, you you couldn't buy a streaming season ticket without having a minimum production value. And there isn't that there at the moment. And then and they need to look at the ways that they can improve that. Definitely at watching length, it's minimal camera angles and you just hear a cheer from the other fielders when you know there's been a catch in the outfield, which isn't really good enough. But it is um, an opportunity though, Ollie, isn't it, for county cricket to just kind of raise its hand up and say we are here. And a lot of talk around the 100 is to appeal to this new audience in inverted commas. And this is a way to maybe grow the game a little bit, isn't it, by making it accessible to people that can't necessarily get to the matches. Yes. And I think what's happened here is, and it, with a, and I hate to use a phrase because it, it's been my new normal, with people more and more working at home, they've got more time to potentially have in the background, you know, a, a radio. So live 
cricket commentary or a TV or, or a screen to stream an account again but so they can keep an eye on it. And this is a, this is a way that counties could tap into this because with them having to find more ways to, to gain income and not a lot of people have the time available to go to midweek games, which, you know, a lot of them are. This is the opportunity for them to take. They need to grab this with both hands and look at all the ways they can improve the coverage and actually widen their appeal and actually the availability for people to go and watch games during the week. Because as we've seen with clubs like Somerset, they, there is a huge amount of interest within the county game, not just in this country, but abroad, especially when you've got high profile overseas players. And this needs to be tapped into. And this is something that could be and should really, cricket should lead the way because it's the one that has the biggest problems with the scheduling and the timings and the, the, the Monday to Friday games. Yeah, you know, what we can also throw into this is that, you know, part of this this new world, I'll stay away from the phrase you don't like, Ollie, is sort of this new world we live in is that, is that people's attention span is is a lot lower. Uh, you know, people don't read long articles anymore. They, they skim through headlines and, and first paragraphs. I'm, I'm not sure that as a start point, the county game have to worry too much about dreaming you know, the whole game, for example. But if they provided you know, throughout the morning, regular update, you know, small snippet-sized things that were, were well-produced, pushed out to the mass audience. And if they provided lunchtime report and, and just generated more awareness and interaction and involvement, then those people that are, are at their desk or commuting or traveling between meetings, we aren't hopefully all going to be stuck at home forever in a day. You know, so when we do get back towards a, a more interactive mobile world and we, you know, we're picking these things up on our pockets, then I think that there's an opportunity to... To not necessarily think that we've got to, you know, if I'm a county, I'm not sat there thinking I've got to compete with Sky on day one. Um, I'm thinking I've got to compete with, you know, and if we look at the hundred and, and the hundred are trying to attract this new audience, well, this new audience are the ones predominantly with the lower attention span because they're the, the, the younger people who are busy and out and about and they want everything now. Well, maybe we can start to, to give them that kind of, of snippet of, of information, you know, and condensed reports and condensed highlights. And it's there, you know, it's there on social media at the moment, but it, it's not there consistently, you know, and, and both Warwickshire and, and Yorkshire that I'm a member of, yeah, both have podcasts and, and have both put yeah, a lot of effort yeah, and, and kudos to them to interact with the fans, you know, in terms of announcing things, members donating their fees, players contacting people throughout the crisis to see if they're okay. And that's the momentum that needs to, to not be allowed to die, really, is when we come out of COVID. Badges are furry creatures. 85% of women badges think bad grooming is a major turn-off. 80% of women badges think men should trim below the belt. 89% of men think good grooming is essential to the professional success. Don't just dismiss it out of hand. Get on there, manscaped.com. Check out their great range of male grooming accessories. Hygiene, appearance, attractiveness, confidence. Simply go to manscaped.com, quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com, together we save balls. Chris, just going back to the kind of the modern world without 
spectators in the ground. And obviously, I mean, England are heading off to India or England are in India, but there's no media presence there apart from the host broadcaster. We, we're yet to find out as we speak um, how we're going to be able to watch this uh, this series. But it, the world's changed for the media as well. And we're talking about how Sky and, uh, I mean, the extensions, obviously, our radio and, and the, the written press have adapted to the modern world. Well, obviously, somebody from the written press can sit on their sofa and watch the TV coverage of a test match. But that doesn't get you everything, does it? That doesn't get you in the same way that a commentator can't see the rest of the field. A, a newspaper journalist might have chats as he walks around the ground with somebody from the coaching staff, which might lead him down a different route or pick up something on the grapevine when he's actually at the ground that you, you might not get from your, your sofa sitting in Leicester or London or wherever you are covering the game in the UK. So there are drawbacks with not having media act, actually in attendance, Chris. Oh, 100%. And, and again, if you go back to you know print journalism in you know back in the day and um, people used to cover the tour that was a noticeable phrase it wasn't just the games it was mm. the tour there were obviously you know pre big game matches try you know warm up games but they covered the tour to try and get interviews with the players to go and get snippets of what's happening now to some extent that is has been superseded by the likes of the ECB, you know, taking control of, of what we get to know and, and, and feeding us what they want us to see in terms of, of interviews and sound bites and who, who gets put up to say what. And you know, I, I sort of feel that compared to the 70s, uh, being a sportsman now is a little bit sterile compared to what it was. doesn't mean that the sport isn't necessarily better. So I'm not sure. I'm also not sure about the answer with that one because, because when you're... When, you're, when your start point is a visual, yeah, so someone's beaming a, a picture, you know, moving pictures um, of a game, and you're describing what's happening, then there isn't huge amounts of, of, of variable in that, right? Obviously, discussing why somebody did something or how they could have done better is different. But when you're writing something, there's a bigger personal interpretation about that. There's more of you that goes into what you're writing, you know, your view on it, your thoughts on it, your experience, your atmosphere. So I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't think you can uh, get away without having the the written media, you know, um, there for, for the majority of the time. And of course, that will beg the question of, well, if they're allowed, why aren't I allowed? And if we're not careful, we're back to, to the old way of doing everything. I think I think in the in the modern world, the COVID situation means that the media in this in a separate bubble anyway, so it might not actually be as effective. I know from my experience of covering pre-season trips and and going to South Africa on a tour and various other things, you you, you know, you, chances are you stay in the same hotel or a very close by hotel to the team. You go down the the bar at night and you sit and you chat to somebody that you've never met before, but they they're one of the coaching staff, or you might rub along with a player, or you get the chance to actually sit down with a player for for potentially longer on a tour because they have nothing else to do and they're quite happy to sort of spend 40 minutes with you rather than two minutes after a game so you can develop topics and you can bring up things that you might not otherwise get the chance to or you might find out stuff that you might not otherwise know about so I, I'd say for the written media you know 80% of it's what happens on the pitch 20% of it might be what happens around the edges of it and it's also about Chris building up a relationship with players as well if all they ever see of the of the journalist or the pundit is a little square on their their computer screen there's a chance that some people might be a little bit wary because they only see that face they only hear the questions it's a bit like Boris answering questions at five o'clock on on BBC one you get very sterile answers and there's no relationship there really but if you actually have the chance to have a pint with somebody after a get day's play or have a conversation about something completely different and build that trust, you know, that the media might get a little bit more from the players. I'm, I'm a bit concerned that a newspaper or two might think this winter, 
well, we've covered these games fine without you actually being there. Why should we spend thousands sending you halfway around the world to cover this England tour when you can do it from your sofa? But you, and, and some days that might be true, but other days you might miss out on something, some gold dust. No, I, I agree. And as I said, I, I'm not convinced that you can replace that. I mean, there's an obvious attraction, isn't there, for the TV companies of not having to send huge trucks load of equipment and, and resource around the country to, to do that. Compared to that, a journalist now, a journalist with a good microphone and a good, good smartphone can actually you know cover quite a lot of, of, of different angles and maybe there's some some mileage you know, maybe there is in terms of journalists having closer ties with other forms of broadcasting so that some of the snippets that they provide can actually then be distributed you know visually um, well, I think most do again, these days, Chris. I think I think anybody coming into the industry yeah, these I mean, days, you have to you have to basically be have more than one string to your bow to actually survive in it. Yeah, I mean, as I said that, I was thinking that you know even the radio, radio one, radio two, you know, generally have a webcam in the studio, don't they? Broadcasting everything, and it's it, it all morphed into one in a way. But the, the the key bit that struck me for what you were saying is is this word relationship, and that, that you're absolutely right. You know, the newspaper writer, the the, the magazine editor, the the blogger has to have a relationship with the you know, source of its material, the, the, the players, the, the people doing it. But they also have to have a relationship with their, their readership, their content. So the, readership, the relationship has to be expanded out both ways. And it is far more, in a way, triangular now. I think yeah. that in the past, it was quite linear and that you had the people playing the game and you had the people reporting on the game and you had the people watching the game. And the only conduit for the people watching the game to those that were playing the game were the, were, the, were the media. Now, a lot of news coverage at this moment in time is provided by the public, yeah, via their smartphones, via phoning in, yeah, by providing the content. So we're starting to see that, that, that linear approach become more triangular. Going back to what we said about the county game and the such like, I still think that there's some mileage in that area to try and actually get a more inclusive approach to providing the information and the content and the opinion rather than it just being I played the game for 20 years so I have an opinion because if you James have watched the game for 20 years you have an opinion and and, and it's when you put those two opinions together with a good arbitrator I, I've always thought for example the verdict in places like that might benefit from actually some fans involved a little bit especially as people nowadays are becoming more you know, media savvy. You know, back in the day, if you put a fan in front of anything like they used to with Sky Zone on the football, you just got people going, ooh, ah, yes, great, ooh. Whereas you do get a more articulate approach now. So it's yeah. that triangular approach, I think, is, is what I would be trying to, to advocate. You kind of repeated my word relationship there. I'd, I'd also say it's trust um, to a large degree as well, that the player needs to trust the journalist isn't going to do a hatchet job on them. The journalist needs to trust the player is going to give them a sort of open and honest for assessment of an, a, and a, a decent in, a, an interview. And obviously then the, the receiving third party, the viewer or the reader, needs to trust that they can believe what's been written, Ollie. And in, you go back to some of the... The, long before my time um, when you see the kind of I saw a, a film about the Munich air crash and Bobby Charlton was um, having a pint uh, down the pub with the with the newspaper men you don't necessarily get that so much anymore because that, that relationship has got a little bit more distant but it's important that uh, I think media are there so that the, the supporter actually believes what's going on yeah I, I think there's a, a real big t- distinction between sort of the team Sky and their relationship with the players which seems very chummy and they quite often have similar managers as in their media managers themselves and they and they've got vested interests to support each other you know or support a player and they, and they come from a different angle to an 
a completely neutral newspaper or correspondent sent from another magazine that's out there. And I think it's really interesting what's provided from both. And I, I, while I enjoy both angles, I quite enjoy sometimes the, the written media, even though I've seen it and it's not necessarily the day's play that I get. It's the other angle of the feeling in the camp or what can be seen from when you're out there. And that is missed because at the moment, it just seems that Sky and the players, and, and understandably, are, are hand in hand and, and they're not really challenged that much. And, and maybe the verdict or the debate was the most challenging for players on there. Whereas actually in the written media, there is a lot more challenge or potential for that and, and they raise completely different aspects and ones that are a bit maybe a bit more tricky for the players to respond to and that's probably why like you say James the meet the relationship between the written presser and the players is a bit more strained and distant they, they lack that trust it's a brand new year and it's time to get your finances in order is your mortgage deal ending in the next six months it's time to use bluecrocodile.co.uk to snap up a new deal blue crocodile will search the market to get you the cheapest possible deal the people to visit are the best mortgages for you bluecrocodile.co.uk I think as well, one of the things that, you know, having, not having journalists at grounds would um, would create. I mean, I, I've covered cricket at grounds and the, the, the worst days are the days where it rains all day because you've got no play to write about. You've still got 600 words or whatever in your newspaper to fill. And then you then have to go looking for other content and other, other ways to fill that space. And you might have that a little bit more if you're actually not at the game. So the kind of potential there is for people to actually invent stories and try and kind of big up things that are, are bad news etc which yeah, i don't think is necessarily good for cricket ollie whereas obviously if you're at the ground you just knock knock a play on the shoulder and say can i just borrow you for 10 minutes let's just talk about um how you're finding this season that becomes your 600 words and you don't have to then try and invent stuff uh and, and filling airtime or or newspaper columns is a problem and you're right uh, so but the, the sad thing is we've seen in, in recent times less and less coverage given to the county game and that's probably why the knowledge and interest in it may have loaded I, I don't know which comes first chicken or egg so if you stop writing about it or having news about it do players not do people not interested in it or is it because people aren't interested that you don't cover it as much it's very difficult I remember a time if you had a some of the broadsheets would have almost a daily report from most of the grounds from around the country and but that that never happens now very very rarely and possibly only in the telegraph or maybe a couple of the papers that there is one or two county game covered so as Chris said we need to gain the interest and, and go on the back of the coattails of what was done last year by some of the great work from the counties did and also didn't work with the written press to help gain that uh, trust and build it back up again because it has fallen away dramatically I think one of the things that's changed hugely over the last even 20 years is the as Chris said earlier the attention spans of spectators that they, they just consume their news in a different way you have your phone you look at the you know the BBC site whatever your news site might be to find the stories and one of the reasons I do a podcast I started out doing Cricket Badger as a written um, website and I really like writing about cricket but you don't get anywhere near the same number of readers because people don't have the the time the attention the willingness to actually open your page read a thousand words and then close it down and 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 talk about it whereas people are quite happy to have a podcast in the background in the kitchen or wherever whilst they're doing something else and that that's how cricket's got to view it chris isn't it to try and um, engage with as we as you said again the new audience that the hundred is looking for that new audience might want to consume cricket in a different way and cricket's got to be open to that Absolutely. You know, one of the, the, the fears I have, and, and this may be a, a discussion for another point, is is where are the next generation of, of journalists 
going to come from. It seems very attractive at the moment. You know, it's easier to talk, isn't it? And it's easier to look at a picture and talk. Um, and the contracts are, 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 you know, are, are pretty easily handed out at the moment. It has to be said because there's so many. There seems to be so many um, people covering it. Yeah, so you know, where's the next big mark um, going to come along from? You know, somebody that, that was a joy to, to, to probably a better writer than player. If I'm honest, it was a joy to read. Yeah, you know, earlier Cyberry. I mean, and if I probably pronounced it wrong. It was just the, the first. I just read the first of a series of articles he's doing on on the on the counties. Oh, the Derbyshire. Um, I'm not being not. I'm not. Trying, I'm not yeah, I'm not trying to be funny, but. I reckon that the vast majority of people under my, you know, below my age would struggle to get through the first three paragraphs of that before something else would, would come along to distract them. So if people, like you said, people only produce things if, if it's wanted and appreciated. And I'm not sure where these journalists are going to, to get that, that sort of feel the love you know, in terms of, of people that are prepared to, to invest a, a comparable amount of time, not only reading it, but then maybe discussing it and the such like. So I, I think journalism is, an, is another issue, but I, I, I think that you know, the, the areas that could benefit from the technology are the areas that we're seeing now with you know, the, the coverage of the games abroad and I think the county game. And, and those are the, the two. And, and I, I mean, I've been interested looking on social media. I mean, I've never followed this Abu Dhabi T10 before and we've all got a lot more time on our hands. But even that is a small stick snippet i'm enjoying it you know and i'm enjoying it partly because i now know some of the players you know back in the day you only saw these foreign players if they came and rocked up for your county or if they came on a tour now they're on the screen you know all year round and, and you get to feel like you know them uh, and if the social media helps do that and, and we can add little bits of streaming and snippets of, of other media then that could only be for the good and then I think the more we as fans are engaged with what the, the cricketers are doing and how they're doing it, then the format not become irrelevant, but they don't need tinkering with. <laughs> you can stick with the ones that we've got because there's enough mileage in what we've got to, to keep people happy for a long time. Ollie, as a, as a cricket supporter, as a fan, as a, as a viewer, as a listener, I mean, COVID's obviously brought horrible things to the world. It's, it's driven us crazy over the last 10 months or so, and we've lost loved ones, etc. There have been a few sort of good things come out of it. Are you excited about how cricket might take up some of these things in the future and it might actually increase your viewing pleasure, your reading pleasure, etc.? Yes. Yeah. Out of something horrible, you know, and, and uh, absolutely horrific, there are small crumbs of positive that we can take out for the future. And I think Chris raised a point out. I think I would differentiate how it's going to be used, the technology in the future, because I would be very surprised if correspondents weren't live at the ground. I mean, uh, for internationals, definitely. I think this is something for county cricket definitely to look into and, and, and tap into because it's something that really could work. I like the idea of the highlights packages, the snippets and that sort of thing being fired out like on a, you know, let's say a session basis. And I think that could be really well done. For me, I think it's just a case of cricket and sadly everything in cricket is about making money and balancing the books because it's such a, a, a tight ship they need to run. How would they tap into it? I think if the solution could be provided for them to, to monetize this in some small way and improve interest and, 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 and grab the attention of people, then I think there's some absolute fantastic innovation and solutions out there and things that cricket could really drive through. I mean, this year, I'm, I'm presuming that fans won't be in the ground for the start of the season. So how would they start the season, you know, and what are they going to show? And there is a real opportunity there. 
if done right and and it has to be done right uh, and improve what the current status is of it i think it's quite exciting i really do i mean when i was back at yorkshire and um, back in the uh, late uh, noughties i was trying to do stuff like this and couldn't do it at the time the technology didn't exist it was too expensive and the ecb wouldn't let us cover games on days that sky had uh, cricket on but good to see that counties have moved forward i think it's important for the county game that it does move forward they're going to make mistakes along the way there'll be uh, initiatives they try that don't work and there'll be other ones that come along that they might uh, think won't work and that do but it will be it's going to be really interesting i think over the next two or three years hopefully covid goes away and we can see some of these initiatives develop we could have talked about this for a lot longer there's all sorts of different strands we could have gone down about whether newspapers have a future etc 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 maybe we'll do that another day but for now chris marshall and ollie prendergast thank you for joining me today welcome yeah thanks james thanks for having us on and uh, we'll be back on, on every single day up until the final of the big bash on the 6th of february got a couple more discussions coming up this week on days off for the cricketers and then that uh, will be back on thursday when the perth scorchers take on the brisbane heat for the right to take on the sydney sixers in saturday's final i've been james the cricket badger i'll see you again tomorrow Big Bash 10. Thanks for listening. We'll bring you another edition of the Cricket Badger Big Bash Daily Podcast in association with bluecrocodile.co.uk tomorrow. See you then. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.